So we had done Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2, Chapter 23rd. We had finished till verse 43. I will just go over the verse 43. The powerful mind actuates the functions of the material modes from which evolve the different kinds of material activities in the mode of goodness, ignorance and passion. From the activities in each of these modes develops the corresponding status of life. So there are three modes of material nature that is Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. Now in the Sattva Guna, a man becomes good, kind, compassionate, loving. He is God-fearing, God-loving, you can say. Then the next one is called the mode of passion. And in the mode of passion, he is very much interested in achieving something. He is an action-oriented person. He always wants to achieve something in life. Then the third one is called Tamasik. Tamasik is connected to ignorance. A person is always interested in procrastinating, not interested in doing his work, lazy, delaying tactics, you know, always wanting to shortcuts, you know, wanting shortcuts in life. These are the methods which the third kind of a person adopts. So the mind is involved in all these. So now we will move to the next one. So we are doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2, Chapter 23rd, The Song of the Avanti Brahmana, Verse 44. Although present along with the struggling mind within the material body, the super soul is not endeavoring because he is already endowed with transcendental enlightenment. Acting as my friend, he simply witnesses from his transcendental position. I, the infinitesimal spirit soul, on the other hand, have embraced this mind, which is the mirror reflecting the image of the material world. Thus, I have become engaged in enjoying objects of desire and I am entangled due to contact with the modes of nature. So, this is a bit of a complicated verse which will tell you different stages. Now, how do these stages work? First, let us go to the entire framework of what exactly is this whole universe about. So let us take the first one. The first one is called the super soul. Super soul or God Almighty or Bhagwan or you know Father in Heaven, Krishna, you call him anything that you wish to. It's called the Supreme Divine Consciousness. We don't have to name it by any name. Okay. Now he is the framework on this entire basis of whatever that is happening around. That is the first. So there is a super soul. So one, you are in the super soul. Hmm? So that means you carry a small portion of the super soul. But you are not separate from the super soul. Correct? <coughs> Which means you are a part of the super soul. A tiny, tiny, very tiny part. This super soul, as we call as the supreme divine, doesn't do anything. Means no involvement in any action whatsoever. That is number one. Number two, we have 
something which he called as the spirit soul. Spirit soul. Why is it called spirit soul? Because spirit is embedded in the soul. Right? The soul is the framework, the basis. On that is the spirit. What is the spirit? When we say there is a mother, we call mother. Or when they say that there is an energy source. When they say Radha Krishna. When they say, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the third word over there, Holy Spirit. So did you get the point? There is a spirit. The spirit is the moving energy, the moving thing, that which keeps on going ahead. That which gives you life. That is called the spirit. Hmm? Spirit along with the Father. Or spirit along with the super soul. See, I told you father doesn't have a name. So that means you're just calling it something. So father and the spirit together. Now you have an individual spirit in you. Okay? Let us understand this. Every individual, every entity in this universe has one spirit in it. The soul is constant everywhere. The same soul everywhere. Spirit is individualized. Okay. Third step. This spirit soul in turn takes up a subtle body. Subtle body. Third layer. Okay. Third step. What is this subtle body? Subtle body is like a covering on top of the spirit. But let us not mix it up as a covering. Just let us say the step one for you, Y-O-U-U, -U, that is the individual I, is subtle body. Subtle body contains all your database. All the database that has had whatever you have accumulated in all your lifetimes. Every life of yours that you have accumulated, whatever database is there in this subtle body of yours. Did you get the point? So subtle body, this subtle body comprises of mind, intellect and the happy body. All this put together. Let us combine this all three together. Okay. Now, the subtle body needs a container. What is a container? The body that you have, this physical, can you hurt? Can you touch it? Of course, this is called the container. Right? So, recapping once again, first, super soul, God Almighty, Father in heaven, you know, Krishna, whatever you call him, that is called the number one. Number two, it is called super soul. Okay. Number two, spirit. Individual spirit soul. The spirit is that which moves the whole thing. We call it mother. Hmm? Because activity is always concerned with the female portion. The male is always 
inert. Hmm? The male is always inert. The male doesn't do anything. The male entity in this world doesn't do anything. It's the female who does everything. She is the she is the heart and the moving part of this whole universe. Think about it. Man, common sense will tell you, man is not even needed. Think. Today, I have a whole load of sperm banks over there. I can shoot all the men down. Okay? <laughs> Only women are required to create the future of this world. <laughs> How does that sound? That sounds very weird. But that is the truth. Women require, does, don't require a man in their life, by the way. So they are spirit. They are the ones who can move this whole universe. So in the same way, the spirit is there in every individual. Hmm? A spirit doesn't have even that male-female uh, distinction. Okay, So let us not get into that. So now we come to the third portion. The third portion is called the subtle body. The subtle body is the one which has all your database in it. Everything that is printed all over the town. You know, you did this, you did that, this is what happened, this is what happened. Just like you go to an archaeological, you, know, you go to a museum and you see a big round of, you know, um, a tree trunk cut over there and they say, oh, in this year, this tree was there. And then there was, you know, when you analyze the rings of a tree, there are inner rings, you know. And in this year, this ring is quite big, quite good. So this year there was good rains. We, we can describe that. Then they will say, oh, this year there were no rains. So every year you can actually classify it as rain, no rain, good weather, this, that. So likewise, in this human being, we have all the database embedded inside this third entity called the subtle body. Alright? Subtle body is literally like a wisp, will-o-wisp. You know, will-o-wisp? Like that. It keeps on going all over the town. Okay? It's like a spirit. You know, spirit means that one which we see in the ghost films and all. Okay? Something like that. It doesn't have a body, so it can pass through the walls. <laughs> it can pass through anything. This requires a hard body like this. Solid body. So, it takes up a container. Container is this body. Alright? This is called food body. Food. Food body. Below the food body is the breathing body. Isn't it? The one which breathes for you. Isn't it? So I hope you got the whole gist of what I am saying. Now, when you consider all this data, you, in this life, you have taken up a body. Why have you taken up this body? The reason I will tell you. Reason is simply to overcome physical body. Number one, that is body, senses. Overcome this body and senses. Number one. Overcome the breathing. Don't we teach you breathing exercise which is called pranayama? Okay? That. Number two. Number three. It has to delete all the past data. Our job is to go and erase the number three. Okay, what is the number three having? All your database. 
That means you did this in this life, you did that in that life, you were like this, you were like that. I mean, you may be the biggest villain on earth also. Nobody knows. You may be the Genghis Khan of this world. Or you, <laughs> we don't know. So you have to remove that. Eliminate it. That is the reason for your birth. How does this get eliminated? Realization, we call it, no? Huh? We call it self-realization. Self-realization means deleting the third portion, which is called subtle body. We can just delete it, wipe it clean. What is left is called only the spirit soul. Only the spirit soul will be carried. The spirit soul is an individuality. The moment you become Brahmanyani, the moment you become realized, this spirit goes back to the spirit, the supreme spirit. We call it supreme, hey, supreme mother. Hmm? Goes back over there, and the soul is the soul, super soul is the super soul. So, where is your identity left then? Zero identity, and that is what we call as losing yourself in the what everybody in this world says. You have become a Buddha. I hope you understood this entire step by step by step, forward and backward. Hmm? So I brought you from super soul till the physical body and from physical body I have brought you back to super soul. I hope you understood this entire thing. If you have not, you can go back and learn it. So, now we will do this verse. I hope you got the whole thing clearly. Although present along with the struggling mind within the material body, the super soul is not endeavoring because he is already endowed with transcendental enlightenment. This line means your mind is constantly going hither thither all the time, including your body and your senses. Senses, body, mind all put together. They are constantly going up and down, doing this and that, you know, up and down, jumping up and down, always doing that. Now, in this you are also having a super soul which is, we say the Paramatma is there in everybody. Now this Paramatma, it is not doing anything for getting out of it. It doesn't do by the way. I told you, no? it's a placid entity. Super soul is the placid entity. It is not going to do anything. So when people say, no, the father in heaven, he did this and he did that. I'm sorry, he doesn't do anything. You can blame the spirit for it. Don't, <laughs> don't blame the father in heaven for it. The father in heaven is just the base, the framework of everything. On that the whole thing is established. So he actually the super soul doesn't do anything. So here he is saying the super soul is not endeavoring because he is already endowed with transcendental enlightenment. The super soul is already enlightened. God is an enlightened being, isn't it? Father in heaven is already enlightened. So why does he need to do enlightenment? So did you get the point? Very good. Now we come to the next step. He simply witnesses from his transcendental position. He is just watching. He doesn't do anything. You see, let us say, if you are playing cricket or football, there is a tree over there, you know, in the football ground. Is it not just watching you? Just like that, it's just watching you. 
just like that you can see the super soul just watches over everything that is happening it doesn't do anything so when people keep on saying this you know father in heaven please please do something for me or do this or do that isn't that wrong so when you go to church or you go to temple or you go to any place of worship telling that father in heaven god almighty krishna or somebody like that please do something for me in the life is not going to do anything for you because he is in a transcendental blissful state he is just going to watch like that doesn't do anything why you are asking the wrong person i hope you got it the wrong person the person that you need to ask is the second one <laughs> in the spirit why is the spirit important in this case when you want to do something or don't want to do something see see this verse it says very very clearly over here i the infinitesimal spirit soul on the other hand have embraced this mind which is the mirror reflecting the image of the material world now you will understand the mechanics of this whole thing see when i say mechanics please understand how this system works so when you go and ask jesus is father father in heaven jesus had a father in heaven is that correct like that if you say well, vishnu or mahavishnu he has got a father in in heaven somewhere called krishna so you go and ask the supreme krishna which is called divine consciousness supreme divine consciousness or you say god almighty god almighty will not do anything did he do anything for jesus no no you just had to go through that whole process of getting crucified did the father in heaven do anything no is only a witness remember only a witness the father in heaven only witnesses this whole thing okay so even in your case that is not the place second thing i told you is called the spirit soul now why is the spirit soul like this why do we have to go to the spirit soul the spirit soul is having embraced the mind it has literally put the mind in its embrace so the number 2 entity has embraced the number 3 entity which is called the mind and the intellect it is literally covering it up hmm? which is the mirror reflecting the image of the material world how does it reflect through your senses the eyes ears nose are the senses the world is reflected in this that is through the physical body into the mind body mind body is like a screen or it's like a cauldron it's like a wok you know wok kadai hmm is reflected in that whatever that is happening around us in this world is reflected in this place called the mind and the mind is also embraced by the spirit soul 
so the spirit soul is getting charged with it so whatever information that comes inside the spirit soul feels oh my god it's so nice just imagine you know you have seen all those uh, you know teenager serials huh? or teenage movies oh my goodness gracious oh, so nice you have seen all those girls that they show or the boys that they show hmm? they get so engrossed in the whatever is happening now in india we don't have prom okay in us and uk and everywhere they have prom so yes everybody wants to be a part of it isn't it so you are that excited person oh my god oh my god oh my god like that so this is exactly like that the spirit soul is involved in all the activities that happens outside it is got that image from the eyes ears and all into the mind body into the intellectual body and into this spirit soul the spirit is getting excited by it now thus i have become engaged in enjoying object of desire and i am entangled due to contact with the modes of nature so this spirit soul says you know me i have got so much engrossed in what is happening around me that i have got entangled entangled in this material modes of nature so this is an intricate verse you need to understand this very very carefully now i will tell you why is it important to understand the reason why you have to understand this verse very very precisely is because understand one thing everything that is changing around you or happening around you you are a part and parcel of that universe around you okay from time immemorial whenever you are born you are there everything is grasped is taken in by this body of yours it may be your first life your hundredth life your thousandth life your millionth life your 1.1 millionth life or 1.5 millionth life don't bother everything is taken in and it goes as a database inside your being so the subtle body is keeping all the database intact and the spirit soul gets excited about it excited about it whatever that is there and we talk of rebirths isn't it we talk of rebirths why do we talk of rebirths because whatever that happens outside of us is recorded inside our mind in the mind it is coming in as a digital print like just like a print just like a, a picture an image it comes inside that is taken in in the memory that is stored in one memory which is like a ram and one memory which is a rom okay one is the small memory for dissipation immediately so every every computer has got ram and rom and all that isn't it so now one is this ram memory which is a memory which you are going to use in this material world 
just now in this life and then there is a deeper memory inside which is literally like a hard drive thing you know very big memory stored somewhere this memory is of all your lives and all this is a library this is a library which the mind is giving all the information to mind is giving the information to this library so i shall explain to you how actions happen how do the actions happen now let us say we are going to make a particular item let us say we are going to make a sandwich Now a sandwich has. I'm going to make a vegetarian sandwich for all the non-veg people. Please don't worry. You can make non-veg in your mind, but I am going to make a vegetarian sandwich. <laughs> Now, your intellect, intellect. You remember below the mind there is an intellect. The intellect's job is to provide the right ingredients. It has got the capacity for. giving the intellectual things so first it will give the bread butter cheese whatever things that you need to put suppose you want to put some kind of a sauce or a chutney or something like that it is going to give you provisions whatever is provided right these provisions that are given may be a tomato cucumber whatever whatever is that you want to put inside it's providing those things to your mind these are ingredients individual ingredients then what it does it has got database of how to prepare the sandwich that is Huh? That is the software. It has got the software how to prepare the sandwich. We call it the recipe, isn't it? We call it the recipe. So the, it has the recipe in it. Then it has got memory. I told you it has got memory. That is the entire library of memories. If I put cheese in it, then it tastes like this. If I don't put cheese in it, then it doesn't taste like this. If I put cucumber in it, then it does like this. If I use the jam, then it bakes like this. You know the kind of a thing which has got the huh? the memory is there. So it will tell you the taste that is there of the memory. So all these ingredients are coming in this great place called the mind. Now in the mind, the preparation starts. it starts preparing everything together the mind is like a walk it's like a cauldron it's like a walk it's a container it's something which is going to mix all these ingredients together in a proper form so the mind takes all these things and prepares the sandwich for you got it now then you eat it then you know the taste through your taste buds and all that so did you get the whole picture how this works now this is a sandwich now let me give you real life instances hmm? i think we have been uh, you know bro beating the husband wife scenario for a long time 
So can we say brother sister? <laughs> you know, husband wife has now become stale. So brother sister or maybe two friends. You don't know. Some something will take. Now, what are the ingredients that are needed in that? First, brother and sister are there. These two entities are there. In the intellect, what happens? The idea is the brother and sister are meeting after many many years. This is a scenario. They are meeting after many many years. They have not met for the last ten fifteen years. They are staying in two corners of the world, and now they have come together. All right. Now, what does the intellect provide? intellect says father is dead or somebody is dead division of property has to happen otherwise why will the brother and sister meet you see they 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 want to murder each other so <laughs> they are meeting for some great occasion only and this is a great occasion distribution of property we have seen it in many movies so let us take that only so the occasion is distribution of the property will there is a will involved okay now remember this is provided by the intellect okay intellect says you need to have a lawyer then it says you better have recording of this entire conversation that will have then it says you need to remember now he is going to draw from the memory your sister fought with you last time remember that entire incident there it is how did she go out of the house this way this is what happened this is all coming from the memory remember the intellect is provided with all the paraphernalia the memory is providing you with this now in the mind one story gets go now it is all come into the mind the mind says you better be careful don't commit anything towards this woman you know she is a very smart cookie so keep your mouth shut do you want support your wife is there she is good at this kind of things so <laughs> so the mind is preparing the ground for you it is going to tell you all the negatives or all the positives that you need it has made a nice meal out of whatever you want it's literally like a burger ready burger you just have to eat it now and then what happens your sister comes you are already suspicious hello how are you okay there is no other uh, this thing let's get get down to the basics you know i have to tell you one thing my father died and he gave you a very big portion of the property why should you deserve it you left him and went away your mind is reacting your mind is telling you i took care of the dad for last 15 years you haven't even bothered to call him oh my god can you see how much the mind has created from all the past memories it creates some massive dose of data which can be literally spewed from the mind from your mouth and believe me these situations happen in our life 
clockwork. You may say that it doesn't happen with me. I'm just giving a lay example like a brother and a sister. But you know, our life is full of these kind of examples. They happen constantly. Whether it is a boss, whether it is your brother, whether it is mother, whether it is anybody in the world, even the friends, you don't spare anybody. Nobody spares another person. And we are constantly at their throat and they are constantly at our throat and we are constantly trying to fight with each other. This is where the mind is. Mind is the one which creates these pictures. These are called illusions. Actually, there is no such thing. Remember the time. Go back in the memory and remember the time when you were kids. You are loving towards each other. The whole world was such a beautiful thing. You were sharing even the little chocolate which you might have got. You were sharing. You were doing all kinds of nice things. But does your memory not tell you that? Yes. But what did the mind do? Mind sees red. If you wear red color glasses, you will see the whole world as red. If you wear green color glasses, the whole green, the world will appear green. So your physical body, the senses and the mind concoct a wrong kind of a picture. So I hope you understood this example. The reason why we have to understand how this genesis of all these problems start. Got it? Now we will move to the next verse. Charity, prescribed duties, observance of major and minor regulative principles, hearing from scriptures, pious works and purifying vows, all have as their final aim the subduing of the mind. Indeed, concentration of the mind on the supreme is the highest yoga. See what it says? Your job is not to get carried away by the mind. The main culprit, I told you, that walk, that cauldron, that, you know, that container is the mind and the mind is the most dangerous thing. It has given you wrong pictures. But mind can also give you right pictures, by the way. Mind is the main basis, the framework which can destroy your entire life. It can gather a lot of karma. It can add, add, add to it. Make it into one of the worst case scenarios in your this life. The mind has to be overcome. Why? Because charity, prescribed duty, observance of major and minor regulative principles, hearing from scriptures, pious work, purifying vows, all have their final aim, the subduing of the mind. How many techniques are given over here so that you can subdue that mind? The mind need not react. Mind is literally like a gas and that walk. 
I hope you got it. The flame is on, it is cooking up stories for you. Why are you allowing the mind to cook up stories for you? So, Krishna has given you methods of overcoming the mind. What does it say? Be charitable. Can you be charitable towards everybody? You don't have to, you know, rob things from people, take things away from them, think bad things about them. Can you be charitable? Can you be a giver? Charity means what? Giving. Isn't it? Giving this whole world something nice. Charity helps you overcoming this mind. Second, prescribe duties. Everybody has a swadharma. Everybody has come in this world to perform their prescribed duties. You may be a cobbler, you may be a ironsmith, you could be anybody in this world. You could be just a horse rider or you could be just a painter, a technician, a, you know, an IT specialist, whatever that you are, it's something that you have come to be in this world. That is your prescribed duty. And that could be a mother, brother, husband, whatever. It could be anything. That duty is called a prescribed duty. When you perform your prescribed duties without expectation, you can have placidity of the mind. It is your duty. Please understand, whatever you are doing, you are not doing anybody a favor. You are not doing anybody a favor. If you are a husband or a wife, you have certain duties to perform. If you are a guru, if you are a shishya, a student, you have your duties to perform. You cannot shy away from duties. When you perform your duties to the T, that means perfectly, with due diligence, you have to perform with diligently, then your mind is over. Observance of major and minor regulative principles. What is this observance of regulative principles that we are talking about? You have to observe all these principles. They have been prescribed in our scriptures. What are the principles that are prescribed? Don't lie. Don't get angry. Don't hurt anybody. Isn't that the regulative principle? Eat moderately. Don't eat too much. Do your exercise. You know, be nice to everybody. I think we have these, you know, ten commandments to all the regulative principles are there. Even in the Vedas. The Vedas prescribe all these principles. Which we call as religious principles also. Observances. We have to observe them. So when you perform all these regulative principles perfectly, then you are literally like a person who is well-mannered, good person, nice. All these things could come together, isn't it? Yeah, let us think about it. What has our parents taught us to be respectful to the elders? Correct? 
I went to a, a bazaar over here, a big market. And I was just standing over there. There was a queue and I was just standing over there. And there was a man billing in front of me. His daughter, who must be around 27, 28 years of age. Excuse me! I mean, the way she shouted in my ear, I was just wondering what is wrong with her. And she was very rude, pushed my hand, went inside and... Okay, have you taken this? Have you taken that? She was very arrogant, even with her own father. A young woman can definitely be kind and say the words in a better way. Please, sir, I would like to go and do my billing. Oh, something like that. But these manners are not there. What happened to them? Have they? Have your parents and the teachers not taught you? Everybody has been taught manners. Unfortunately, when the time is needed, when they are needed, nobody performs. So, regulative principles are these. The world has given us minor regulative principles. They are called minor regulative principles. And the major ones have been given by our scriptures. Okay, this you should know. In the material world, you have been taught, you know, you are, you should be kind to everybody, blah, 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 all that. Then, hearing from scriptures. Why do we have to hear from scriptures? When you hear from scriptures, it is called satsanga. You know, it is the company that you keep is very, very important. If you keep a company of all the drunk people, you are going to become a drunkard. If you join a group where everybody is a drug addict, will you not become a drug addict yourself? That is an understood fact. If you join a particular party, a political party, don't you think you are going to side that political party only and make the other party as your enemy? 100%. So this is the thing which we have to understand. It is hearing from whomsoever concerned. Suppose you hear from the other drug addicts, you will become a drug addict yourself. In olden times, there were very simple drugs. Simple drugs like opium. Hmm? I'm sure you have heard of opium. Then came all the complicated drugs. Okay? Heroin and all that. Now, still more complicated drugs. And the more they take, the more they get engrossed in that same thing. So, the company you keep. So, if there is scriptures being read somewhere, and there is an explanation being given. Keep the company of those people, you will become like that. It's a story of the mango. If you put in a box of good mangoes, one rotten mango, all the other mangoes become rotten. I think you know that. Isn't it? One rotten mango spoils all the other mangoes. It's the same thing. It's a company that you keep. So, Reading of the scriptures, wherever the reading is happening, whether in your house or some other place or some satsang that is happening, keep the company of these people who are there. They are satsangis. 
people who are also coming for the same thing. If you keep company of the holy, you will become holy. If you keep company of the unholy, you will become unholy. Then pious work. Remember Mother Teresa, what she used to do? She was helping the poor people. She was helping the lepers. She was helping them get over their illnesses, sicknesses. She was tending to them, attending to them. Florence Nightingale is another great example. They were looking after people. In the same way today, there are lots of people, like last week I gave you the examples of Baba Amte. He's also a great social reformer and all that. So, such kind of helpful people, that work which they do is a pious work. And purifying vows, all have their final name. Purifying vows, you take a vow. I am not going to eat meat. I want to become a vegetarian. I am not going to utter a single bad word from my mouth. I am not going to sleep late. I am not going to procrastinate. These are some vows that you can take. Huh? Some vows in this world. There are other vows also. From tomorrow, I will get up in the morning, I will do all my duties and then I will progress in my life. Whatever vow that you take, you better keep it. And when you keep your vow, you will overcome your mind. So Krishna has given you so many techniques. I will repeat them. One is charity, prescribed duty, observance of major and minor regulative principle, hearing of scriptures, pious work and purifying vows. All have their final aim in subduing the mind. People have always asked me, how can I subdue my mind? And this is the answer. In all this, what did you learn? To be your good self. Be kind, compassionate, loving, considerate, understanding. You know all those beautiful words that we say? This is exactly what it is telling you. And be a giver. We have taken enough from this universe and from everybody around us. Why can we not give? Let us give our love. We have to give love to everybody. We have to give whatever we have, we can share with this world. That is the way you can be nice and you will overcome your mind. Indeed, concentration of the mind on the Supreme is the highest yoga. And whatever that I said is all connected to God Almighty, isn't it? Pious work, He sent you to do some job. All those things, huh? they are all connected to the Supreme Divine. And when you concentrate your mind, when your mind is lost in the Divine, it will not do anything wrong. And this, subduing your mind and keeping it at the feet of the Lord is the way of becoming pure. It is like a dog. You know, a dog has a tail which is like this. Crooked tail it has got. Can you straighten it out? Answer is no. Nobody can straighten it out. Then what is the answer? 
cut the tail. The tail itself doesn't remain. That is exactly what I am saying. Put the mind at the feet of the Lord. Cut that tail. Put it at the feet of the Lord. Nothing will happen. You know, no wrong will happen. All your karmas. Remember, I told you, it is in the mind-body thing. Hmm? They will all get erased. With all these things that you do, this is going to get erased. I hope you understood this verse. It's a very, very important verse. So I'll move to the next one, 46. If one's mind is perfectly fixed and pacified, then tell me what need does one have to perform ritualistic charity and other pious rituals? And if one's mind remains uncontrolled, lost in ignorance, then of what use are these engagements for him? <coughs> I told you, if your mind, like the dog's tail, is cut, is at the feet of the Lord, I mean, what is the point in doing charity? No charity. Do you think you have to do some rituals and sacrifices? Not needed. Remember, your mind has now merged with the divine. Okay? The question that people ask me is, then you mean to say none of these rituals are valid? That means I should not go to church, I should not go to temple? You are with God. What temple and church you want to go to? God is you only. The supreme divine is inside of you. Isn't it? What church you want to go to? You are the church. Huh? You are the temple. Right? Do you remember there is a there's a verse which says, he tells Peter, I'm going to build my church on you. Basically, Jesus Christ says, the church or the foundation of Christianity, the foundation of whatever I have said, Peter will be the one who will take it forward. That's what he meant. So if you are lost in the Lord, where is the question of charity? One very beautiful example which I will give you, what happened in Ramakrishna Paramahansa's group when people were sitting over there. One man came and he was a very rich man. He came and he started telling to Ramakrishna Ji, I want to build hospitals, I want to build this, I want to do this, you know. So much charity work I want to do. I am doing all this. I am doing all this. I'm... So he thought Ram Krishnaji will be very happy listening to all this thing. Ram Krishnaji looked at him and said, If God wants to use idiots like you to build his church or build his hospitals, he is going to make use of people like you. I hope you understood. The ego was talking that I built a hospital. And Ramakrishnaji says, God, the Father in heaven, He uses people like you to build hospitals for people. So you are just a tool. So don't be so proud saying that I did it. If God wants to do something, He will do it through some people, isn't it? So we have to subdue our ego this way. We are just tools. 
God has just put in this world, us in this world, so that we can do the job that is needed. And isn't that what I said? You have to perform your duties. In this verse he says, that if your mind is already subdued, fixed and pacified, why does anybody want to do ritualistic activity? Ritualistic activity you do because you want to reach perfection. You do charity because you want to reach that perfection. Okay? It is like you are already a PhD, you know, doctor of philosophy in some subject. Okay? Why do you still have to keep those books with you? You know, all those books. You don't need to. You are the book. Isn't it? You are the book. If you are that book, you are the knowledge is inside of you. What is the point in keeping the books? The book may be just a reminder. Oh, I did this in when I was doing my BA or BCom or something like that. I don't know. When I was doing my bachelor's, you see, this book was very even as a textbook. You can keep it as a memory, but the book is of no value to you. In the same way, if you are the one who has reached the state of enlightenment, what is the point of any books or scriptures or anything? You don't need them. If you have reached the state of enlightenment, you don't have to do charity. You don't have to do anything. No activity is needed. Why? Because you are just a tool. Remember the dog? Okay? The tail only is not there. What is he going to wag? You know what is that tail? Me, 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 me. I, 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 I. Every human being has that tail, isn't it? <laughs> I did this, I did that, this is me, this is that. But if you cut that eye only, where is the question of the tail only? The tail has disappeared. The ego is gone, you are finished. And this is how you can overcome the mind. So, he says, and if one's mind remains uncontrolled, lost in ignorance, then of what use are these engagements to him? If your mind is constantly running in this world, you remember the story of that brother-sister? Now imagine you are that person. You know what? You can take away the property of your sister completely or you can think all the bad things about her. That means the mind is doing all the wrong stuff. And after that you perform charity, after that you do pious activity, after that you try to say, no, 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 I will be a good person, I am sorry. No use. You can't rob Peter to pay Paul. You understand this? No Robin Hood story here. A Robin Hood will go to hell only. Okay. So Robin Hood doesn't go to heaven. That means you are already doing wrong. Your mind is already doing wrong and then on top of it you say sorry, no use. Correct? You murder someone and then you say sorry, you think that is going to be useful? That person is dead. Can you bring him back to life? No. You see, even if you are put in jail, 20 years in the prison or 50 years in prison, do you think you can return back that person to that, uh, you have killed a man, can you return that man to that wife or the children? No. Then, are you not causing their misery? And it's not their misery, it's the misery of the world. 
So by just putting the person in jail doesn't solve the problem. That is where karma has come in. Okay. So, if your mind has come and if it is telling you all the wrong things and you are doing all the wrong things, all these activities that I said, the pious activities that I mentioned in the previous verse, they are of no use whatsoever. So, if one's mind remains uncontrolled, lost in ignorance, then of what use are these engagements for him? So, all these things, whether going to church or temple and praying over there, asking for forgiveness, no forgiveness for you. You can go and write a thousand times, forgive me God, forgive me God, forgive me God. No God on this earth can forgive you because you have caused harm to somebody else. When people say, forgive them for they shall whatever, there can be no forgiveness. Can there be forgiveness for anything? Think, if you have done a grave crime, where is the question of forgiveness? Can you rewind the whole thing and give it back to them? No. It has become a karma and the karma has to be repaid. Come whatever may. You see, I wrote one small story yesterday which I will recount it for you. I will take that one minute only. In Ramayan, Krishna has taken an avatar of Sri Ram. And what does Sri Ram do? Sri Ram when there are two brothers fighting for a throne, he tells that brother, elder brother, the brother called Sugriv, he says, I will shoot your younger brother, your brother Bali, from behind with an arrow. After he dies, you can take over the kingdom. Isn't that a wrong act? Remember, Sri Ram is God Almighty. He has come in this form of Sri Ram. So when Bali is killed, when Bali is dying, he says, you are God. You have done something wrong. So Ram says to him, yes, I will have to pay for this in my next life. So in the next life, when Sri Ram is Sri Krishna, the last scene is unfolding. He has gone and sat over there near Prabhasa Lake. A huntsman comes with the bow and arrow and shoots him. When he shoots him, the huntsman is very upset. He says, oh my God, I have done something wrong. So he goes near Krishna and he asks for pardon. And Krishna looks at him and says, no. I had to repay this. So I am going to die because of this. In your last life, I killed you as Vali. And this life, you have repaid it back by killing me. And I will be dead in a few hours. So even if it is Sri Krishna, even if it is Sri Ram, there is no forgiveness in this world. Please understand this. The idea about forgiveness is only for human beings to overcome their mind. Nobody in this world can be forgiven the karma that they have done. And this is a very, very harsh statement. Please remember this. Okay? So why do we have to get into wrong acts? Can we just avoid them? Can we be nice? Today, can we just end all the wrong things that we do? 
so i will end over here